Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. My name's Micah, and I'm here with Corey today. Hi, everybody. And this past Sunday here at our fellowship, Corey and I got to preach about things we wish we knew when we were starting out on this trip we call faith. And uh, frankly, there was just too many of them to cover in one message. You can hear part one of this over on the Sermon Podcast, but today on our Conversations Podcast, we thought we'd talk about the other four that we didn't quite get to uh, on Sunday. So, Corey, as we get started, uh, before we dive into the first one, anything you wanted to add or contribute? No, it's just been a joy to talk about walking those first steps of faith. And uh, we meet with people all the time. And just to refresh your memory a little bit on this topic, we really, as we talk with people, we notice there are a lot of trends that people have, things that they have difficulty with at the very first part of their journey. And if you're able to get through them and build a good foundation, then it can set you up for success, whatever that looks like down the road. Yeah, success in our walks, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, in no particular order, do you want to reach into our uh, magic hat over here and pull out the first topic? Yeah. So one would be from making making this the step, taking a step from a little bit at a time to all in when it comes to our discipleship. So what that means is so often right at the very start, we think, well, it's going to take some time, but I'll eventually give everything over to God. I know he wants everything. I know he wants to, for me to, my whole body and soul and spirit to be a living sacrifice. And we say to ourselves, we'll get there eventually. Now that's true. It does take us a long time to realize all the things that uh, are involved in giving our whole lives over to God. Mm. But what I find I'm often telling people is don't wait, just give all that you have to him now and don't just don't hold back at all and you'll find out even if you do that today so let's say day one when you start following jesus you give everything over to him that i I give you every part of my life my body soul spirit my thoughts my actions my attitudes i give everything to you and if you do that you'll find in a six months time or a year's time or two years time, you look back and say, whoa, I'm not sure that I really understood what that was all about. And you make that decision over and over again. But what I would tell people is don't wait, be all in now to say right from day one, Jesus, I am all in whatever it takes. Yeah. There's uh, two stories out of the gospels that stand out to me as we're talking about this. The first is a series of stories that Jesus told about people who came and said, I want to be a follower, but let me go deal with this other thing. You know, I'm only partially committed right now. And in a very harsh word, but truthful word, Jesus said, using some agricultural metaphors, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and keeps looking back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. Hmm. Which, you know, as growing up on a farm, I I mean, I, I got that, and it sounds harsh. But the other one that seems a little bit more joyful is uh, the story of Zacchaeus. You know, here was a guy who betrayed his people, and Jesus shows up and says, I'm going to eat at your house tonight. And in the the course of things, Zacchaeus makes some radical commitments. Every time I've read it growing up and even now as an adult, I'm looking at it going, I don't know if he can actually 
execute on these promises. I, he's making some pretty lofty promises here. And it's almost like it's that all-in attitude of Zacchaeus when he says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm everything I need to do, I'm doing. Uh, it's almost that attitude that Jesus says, salvation has come to this home today. Uh, and that all-in type living, just it's, it's a totally different way of approaching it than, I'm going to dip my big toe in and see if God carries through or not. Hmm. And right alongside of that is the taking the step, and it's really part of the same thing, to say that I'm not just going to follow Jesus today for now. You know, this is the season of yeah. my life where I'm going to be really intensely, but no, for life. I'm in it for good. For the rest of my life, I'm going to follow him. There's an old song that says it really simply. It says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And it just keeps repeating that over and over again. No turning back, no turning back. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about. I'm all in, not just for now, not just because, you know, I, uh, I'm going through a season in my life where I need God, yeah. but no, I'm in it for the rest of my life. Good times, bad times. And I like how earlier you said every realm of our life, you know, our, our physical life, our spiritual life, our mental life, our social life, our, our fiscal life, our relational life. It, we turn the whole thing over to Christ hmm. and try and live as he would have us and taught us to live in every one of those realms. Yeah. Well, then uh, another one that we uh, meant to talk about and it's closely related to this, was this habit of living like the time is short. That uh, we don't know the number of days left, and we don't know how much time we have to execute on these all-in concepts. Why, why, Corey, if I was just starting out in life with Jesus, why would it be important for me to live as if time is short? It totally changes your life when you live like the time is short. Jesus spoke about it. He told parables about it. Uh, it is the fact that you say, we don't know how long we have to live. And we live in a culture where we kind of pretend like we want to focus so much on uh, extending our life that we forget that our lives are so short. Yeah. And we've got to make the best of the time that we have. And Jesus told stories like, uh, I'm looking right now at Matthew chapter 25 where he talks about a story of, of ten, 10 bridesmaids who are getting ready for a wedding. Five uh, prepared well for it, and the other five, they just sort of, they, they pretended like, well, they, you know, it, it, they, had, they had all the time in the world. Yeah. And then another story about those who didn't make good use of the time. Uh, three, three workers for a businessman and he gave them three different sums of money, five and two and one unit of huge units of money. And he went and he came back, but he caught one sleeping. Yeah. And Jesus told that parable to tell us that the time is short. Don't get caught sleeping because day rolls into day, week rolls into week, month after month. And sometimes we realize that we haven't done the things that made the best use of the time that we could. Yeah. So... Really, I, I guess that's what I wanted to speak about here. If you knew that tomorrow Jesus was going to come back, or if you knew that today was your last day here on earth, what would you do? Now, I know that doesn't seem like a fun thing to imagine, but it can be helpful because 
I'm quite sure that I would live today very differently if I knew that this was my last day here on earth. It makes me prioritize. It makes me say no to the things that aren't important. And it makes me think about what are those really big pieces of my day. The other, the last part of that for me is that we would say that if we knew tomorrow was our last day, if we knew the time was short, we'd focus on things that had eternal significance. Yeah, I was going to go there. Yeah. Because Jesus said, because the time is short, we need to store up treasures, not here on earth, but treasures in heaven. So who's that person that I need to talk to, to have that crucial conversation, a spiritual conversation with? I'd be doing stuff like that. Who, who's this person that needs to hear the good news of Jesus? If I thought I had all the time in the world, I might put that off. But if I knew the time was short, then that might just spur me on to, with the Spirit's help, to act. Exactly. Another thing that we wanted to talk about was uh, the idea of taking the step from living in fear uh, to living in boldness. And uh, again, this is closely related to what we just talked about, because often we live in fear of death and we try not to live in light of it, but there's also a lot of other things that cripple people in their early days with Christ uh, through fear. It's a, it's a fantastically crippling emotion, uh, and it shows up in ways like being afraid of the consequences of living for Christ, or being afraid of what people will think, or what people will do, or say behind our backs. And so we often live in uh, fear of our fellow human, and that that limits what we're willing to do for Jesus, what risks we're willing to take, uh, and how much we can actually trust the Spirit. Because if we are just handicapped by fear, if we're handcuffed and we, we're just totally wrapped up in it, then we can't really trust that the Spirit will come through when we take a step of faith and talk to our neighbor, or take a step of faith and try and live simply. And that fear limits our ability to trust God that he will do the things he said he's going to do. It seems to me that Jesus is really anticipating this whole fear factor thing in verse 20 in Matthew chapter 28. And that's the passage we looked at on Sunday when he said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is anticipating that there are going to be fear blocks in our life. They're, they're going to try to stop us. They're going to try to terminate us right from the start. Sometimes, in addition to being afraid of other people, and I think that by and large, that's one of the biggest fears, mm. there are two others. And one other fear is the fear we generate inside ourselves, the fear of being unworthy, that I'm not good enough. That's There's a lot of fear in that. We talked about that a little on Sunday. Yeah. But the, the, the other fear I wanted to point out right now is the fear sometimes we can have of God actually showing up. It's hard to live a life where there's such a huge unexpected X factor who is God, right? So when I do something and uh, I can be totally afraid that God's actually going to do it. Sometimes when we pray, <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of doubt in there where we think, oh, you know, God, um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray for this person, uh, whether I'm with them or not. And it's going to be nice. And they're going to know I care about them and they're going to know you care about them. But Deep in our hearts, we might think, uh, but just don't do it, God, because if you do it, then it's just going to cause a big mess everywhere. It's going to complicate life so much. Well, and it's true. When God does his miracles big and small, 
it makes life pretty messy by mm-hmm. times. And so let's not be afraid that God might actually do what he said that he could do, work big and little miracles. That can make us bold, not just to be not afraid of what the voices inside of ourselves that tell us we're unworthy, not just to not be afraid of those who are saying uh, that they're trying to resist us, but also not being afraid that of all the trouble that it will cause. And it did, if you look in the book of Acts, when God yeah. actually does what he says he can do. Uh, on that second point that you raised, the uh, uh, the fear of unworthiness, I often see that in young Christians who are trying to follow God's will and God's plan. There can be a great fear, especially as I deal with the young adults or uh, teenagers, you know, trying to discern God's plan for their life. And there can be great fear that they'll mm-hmm. somehow choose the wrong plan and and mess everything up and disappoint God. Uh, and there'd be two things I'd want to say there just as we wrap this up and encourage people to live boldly, trusting Christ to do the things that he said he would do. Two things I would say uh, to anyone wrestling with that kind of fear is you are not, and I've had to say this to myself, you are not big enough to mess up God's plan for eternity. Hmm. That God's got it under control. We're, we're not responsible. If we're earnestly trying to follow God's plan and seek his will, the rest is up to God. Hmm. And the other thing I would say, and you said it on Sunday, I think you quoted Philip Yancey, maybe? Uh, it was. There's nothing we can do that will make God love us more, and nothing we can do can make God love us less. And so that is greatly freeing from the spirit of fear, I think, that if we understand that we are secure in God's love, Mm. Uh, that that frees us up, I, lo- I think, a lot and allows us to live boldly and in faith. And now the last one that we want to talk about today is that uh, we need to, to take steps to prepare for the future because trials are going to come. And that's one thing uh, more that I would say to someone who's just starting out walking those first few steps of faith. Don't think that even though you might feel good right now, and God might have shown up in amazing ways and your life is really good yeah. and you're walking on cloud nine, trials are going to come and be prepared for them. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to live uh, under a shield all of the time waiting for the next shoe to drop. But realize that just because God's in your life doesn't mean that he wants you to lead a trouble-free life. It doesn't mean he's going to protect you from every sling and arrow of the enemy. Yeah. Uh, and I... You just want people to know that. There's a passage in in James chapter 1 where in the book of James, they really expect that trials are going to come. So much so that we realize that in those trials that we can be strengthened by them. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Again, because in those trials, you will grow. Mm, yeah. So... I guess that's the last thing I would say to people as you're walking those first steps of faith. Please know that there are going to be bumps along the way, but the good news is God is with you. He'll see you through, and he will cause you to grow through each of them. In uh, the Gospels, you can find Jesus. I sometimes allude to this with the teenagers. You know, Jesus doesn't make many promises. and Sometimes we wish he wouldn't make the ones he did. One of the ones he makes goes like this. In this life, you will have trouble, which is a not exactly the type of promise we want to hear, but the part B of that verse is, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. Uh, and that is the great encouragement. When things are going sideways and we don't understand why, 
It's not because God doesn't love us. It's not because we're not secure. It's not because he has somehow failed. It's because we live in a fallen world, and yet Jesus still wins in the end. Okay, well, I think that's a great place to land today. All right. Well, folks, uh, it was kind of fun to do this extra podcast with you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm louder than you. Well, hello, my name is Micah, and I'm here with Corey, and we wanted to do a follow-up on some of the things that we were preaching on on Sunday. Right, it's right on. So we'll just dive right in now. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm starting this recording over again. All right. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> well, hello, my name is Micah, and I'm here today with Corey. Hi, everybody. And we wanted to do a follow-up from uh, some of the things that we preached together on this past Sunday at Emmanuel. We try not to talk about... What were you looking at? <laughs> I can really smell that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm watching! <laughs> that's okay. No, that's fine. And we found that the issue was that there was a, a lot of things that we really should have known at the beginning, and we didn't quite understand. We couldn't talk about all of them on Sunday, so we wanted to sit down and talk about five more now. So uh, if you haven't heard the sermon, you can slip over to the uh, the sermon podcast from Emmanuel. But these are five things that we wish we knew when we were starting out on this trip that we call faith. Corey, anything you wanted to say before we get started? Aren't there four? <laughs> one, two, three, four. No, there's five. What's the fifth one? Uh, well, if we tell them now, then we were in a surprise. <laughs> What are the four? What are the four? <laughs> 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 four. 